0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lupna, and I'm solo today. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of sushi adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And this week's guest is an author. A serial entrepreneur, he's so many things, but you will get to know more about him. Sid, and I'm hoping I'm not going to butcher your last name, Mohassap is a published author, serial entrepreneur, venture investor, university professor, board member, business thought leader, and public speaker. He has earned a reputation as the entrepreneur philosopher. This is going to be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. He believes in our individual ability to shape our destiny. There are always infinite amount of opportunities in front of us, regardless of our origins or any limitations. Our transformational mindset is key to realizing our next next version, to evolve, to be impactful. He believes that we have to realize that we are the sculpture the artist who is always working on and perfecting our masterpiece he considers entrepreneurship a talent that we all possess that's good news a talent that is stimulated as we acknowledge our capabilities and pursue our love of wisdom our personal entrepreneurial philosophy also known as pep p-a-p sid Welcome to the show.
1: It's phenomenal to be with you. Thank you for having me and hello to all your audience.
0: We love, 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 love to connect with sushi-adoring entrepreneurs. So let's get started with the most important question, or at least one of the most important questions of the podcast. What's your favorite sushi and why?
1: It is the rainbow roll. Ooh.
0: (laughs) Elaborate. Why the rainbow roll?
1: Well, I think it fits my personality too. It's a collection of things, uh, all good, put together and with lots of choices. And it's colorful. It's fun.
0: Yeah, uh, it most definitely is. Do you remember when you discovered sushi? I do,
1: actually. I uh, had a good friend of mine who came over to California, that's where I live, from Indiana. And I was not a sushi guy. I kind of so I thought, oh, what
2: is this? This is kind
1: of <laughs> goofy. But he insisted that we should go have sushi. And I said, okay, I'll get something that's cooked. <laughs> uh, I think after like two or three sakis, I was brave enough and I tried something. His was a little more aggressive than I. He had the, uh, the eggs and the things, and they, it, was, it was a little too uh, aggressive for me. So I started easy and I was hooked. I liked it. And I'm happy to say that I got my wife also hooked on it later on. And, and it's one of our favorite things to do. Oh,
0: I just love it. And every guest that we've had on, they were introduced to sushi through a friend or a family member. It's very interesting to discover all of all of the conversations that we've had up to this point. It's always someone else who says, come and have sushi. And almost always it's about, but you can't make I can't eat raw fish. Who eats raw fish, for God's sake? But fortunately, there is a variety of sushi. You can even start vegetarian. You can even start cooked, let's be honest. The The trick is to get started. And from there, there's a ripple effect of, let's see who else we can convert into a sushi lover. I just love hearing those stories.
1: So Luna, can I use the opportunity to say, I believe in something called having a mentor, or if you would, I call it, an up guru that is the guru near you that's an Indian word yeah so we all have a guru near us all the time it doesn't matter it's how we listen so if a friend asks you to do something listen there may be something great in it (laughs) and we all have I mean we're always looking for mentors somebody who's sitting up and is a guru but I believe that it's not the mentor that matters it's the mentee that matters it's how we listen And as we put our own philosophy and our own entrepreneurship, our life together, we take pieces of what people say and we make it ours. My friend liked, you know, a different kind of sushi, but I found my own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I so agree with you. And you reminded me of the Netflix documentary about Tony Robbins, where he titled I'm not your guru. We tend to pedestalize other people and to say, well, they're their guru and I want to follow them and forget that the people around us have the wisdom and have knowledge and experience. Or it may be through education, it may be through life experiences, but they have experience too. And it might be that if you just listen well enough that you get triggered into trying something that you've never heard or gain a new perspective on a topic or a theme or whatever is in front of you that will trigger a new idea or a new concept for you. So I just love that you focus on, look at the people you're surrounded with because each and every one of them has that's, knowledge.
1: That's quite all right. So that's, I mean, you read part of my, uh, my background. That's why part, you know, people have labeled me the entrepreneur philosopher. I don't know if that means that I can't accomplish anything and I just philosophize. <laughs> or, or, or there is something to it. But I believe that, and this new book that I have, we'll get a chance to talk about it, is about you are not them. That's the name of it, because I believe we are not others. And this idea of that we just take a how to and say, okay, you know, if you do A, B, C, and D, and then the outcome is this. We all have different personalities. We have, we come from different backgrounds. We, uh, money or no money, we come. You know, the, the, the people that we've seen, our friends are different. Oh, that is different. Uh, yep. I mean, if you look at Major Henry Ford, is very different than Rockefeller, different than uh, Elon Musk, different than Gates. They're all different. And yep. what makes them unique is their own philosophy that they have, the way they've put together the pieces. And I guess maybe I can put it in your context of they found that sushi that they like.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, And it's true. And it's one of the reasons why... We say that our podcast is to give you insight into the personality of sushi-adoring entrepreneurs because each and every one of us is different. It's absolutely, absolutely unique. You will not find anyone else in the world that has the same personality you do. There, it's as unique as your DNA, unless you're an identical twin. That's <laughs> the only caveat that I will make. But through learning the personality, you get a sense of how they perceive the world. And we use the lens of sushi, but it could be any lens through which you can look. And it's so fascinating to get to know people because then you can understand when they say something or give you an insight or give you advice through which lens they're giving it and whether you resonate with that lens or not, because that's the importance. So I love that you share that. Do you know how long ago it is that you were introduced to sushi?
1: Do you want me to age myself? Of course we uh, did. I'm an old guy, so it was about <laughs> 40 years ago or so.
0: Oh, wow. I think you're the first person that actually was introduced to sushi the longest ago. Most of them, it's, it's a couple hey, of... Hey, I've of got something. Years. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was going to... I knew, I knew it, I knew it, that there was something absolutely unique about each and every one of our guests. So I really love that because for those of you that are listening might think oh I've just gotten to know sushi it wasn't very known in the world I mean now at every corner you'll find an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant and there are more places where you can go depending on where you live in the world than there were 20 years ago or 25 years ago so imagine you getting introduced to sushi 40 years ago I absolutely love 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 that so Sid I really liked, I mean, in your introduction, it says you're the entrepreneur philosopher. Now, I have to be really honest. The first time that I was introduced to philosophy was at university, and it was the most boring subject that I've ever, ever come across then. And I'm talking about more than 20 years ago. And since then, I've had the pleasure of meeting philosophers So I'm really curious, why do you have a reputation as the entrepreneur philosopher?
1: Well, first of all, if you look at the way I write and the way I express myself, I use a lot of analogies because I believe that it is the analogies that help us put ideas into the context that we resonate with as opposed to this frameworks of you know complexity. I I believe the idea is for people to grasp the idea and not be bamboozled by the complexity of how you express them. The core of my belief is, you mentioned that I believe we're all entrepreneurs. And in the book, I kind of try to prove that. Uh, My definition of entrepreneurship, and this is going back to seventeen hundred, is that you have something, and you want to exchange that with something better. You have something, you want to exchange it with something better, knowing that there's some level of risk that nothing in the world is certain. Now, you may be working someplace, you get a paycheck and you get that home and you make that investment in, in your son's or daughter's college fund or you may even make them a wonderful pasta or go out and get some sushi. It's what you do. You do something, you use what you have, maybe your mind, maybe your capabilities, maybe a product, maybe your innovation, your creativity, your hard work, and you turn that into something, you exchange it with something better. Mm-hmm. That is the definition, in my opinion, of entrepreneurship, which yep. is based essentially of a gene that was found 500,000 years ago. This is an, a, a University of Texas A&M did this, a professor, that 500,000 years ago, a gene was introduced in humans, which was driving us to go, to discover, to choose. And it is that which has been the essence of our growth and evolution. So we all have that gene. The gene is to exchange what we have with something better. Mm -hmm. right? So if you take that idea, you would then see that all of us have capabilities. All of us are entrepreneurs. The question is, what do we get and what do we exchange it with? Mm. We all don't have the same thing. We all don't have the same origin. We come from the same place as we discussed earlier. But what the definition of what makes us happy, which I call the pursuit of happiness, is different. Somebody likes billions of dollars and they go out of their way to exhaust themselves or be hustling some don't. Uh, And they're both entrepreneurship in their own way. They're exchanging what they have with something better, knowing that there's a risk. Now, so I then kind of think that in, as, as we said, we're not like anybody else. So we have to have our own philosophy of how do we take what we have, this talent, and how do we explore it? How do we paint it, color it in our own way? I say we're kind of like a body of water. Imagine a crisp, clean glass of water. And every time we make a decision, it's like putting a little color in it, a red, a blue, a purple. As you do that, you're creating your own entrepreneurship. You're making choices.
2: Mm. So
1: here's the thing. A lot of people are afraid of change. Yeah. So let me propose this to you, Luvana. If it was always spring, always 72 degrees, always beautiful and perfect outside, there were no crimes, there were everything was hunky-dory. You were exactly who you wanted to be, but there was no change. You had no choice. You had... No choice. There wouldn't be any alternative. There is no career path. You don't have an opportunity to love, to learn, to grow. Even if you're sick, you don't have an opportunity to get well. Mm. Change is our best friend. It's not our enemy because yeah. it gives us choice. And yeah. choice is at the roots of an exchange because we have alternatives to choose from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's fascinating. That is really fascinating. And especially because I think that that a lot of people have told themselves the story that they don't want change. But if you look at our bodies, our biology is that we change all the time. Every microsecond, our cells change in our body. It is how we are built from a biology standpoint. So we are changed, whether we are aware of it or not. But it is when we want to change your behavior, it gets to a point where people say, no, 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 I don't want to change. I like where I, uh, where, I, where I am. And depending on your personality, because I mean, I love variety and I thrive on uncertainty. I love a challenge. I love to discover new things. So for me, I love change. The more change, the better. And I love jumping into it. But I also know of people that actually go, you're crazy for even trying. It will never work. And I'm like, have you ever tried it before? Because if you've never tried it, you won't know. And I'd like to discover it. Now, it might not be for you, but I like to go and see what, what happens. It might not happen as I've got in my mind. And some call that failure. I will call it it doesn't happen like I thought it would. But what did happen and what can I learn from it? So that's very, very, very fascinating. So as our listeners are listening to this and thinking, okay, can you make it a little bit specific? What are your top three tips that you can give our audience that they can take away from our conversation here?
1: So, let's Maybe first, even
0: based on your book.
1: Sure. So let's first do this exercise. I say some of us are in denial on one spectrum. That is... We don't realize that we are making choices, those choices have consequences, and we're exchanging. On the other side, we have what I call the misguided. These are people who bamboozle others and think that's entrepreneurship. Okay. They're, They're you know, And in between, you have some who are confined. You may be working at a place. You're taking risk every day. Every day you go to work, you take an action, you serve a customer, you do something for your boss, you 're doing something you 're exchanging your ideas and thoughts with something else, taking it, but your risk is confined, and then you have people who are aspirational, who are afraid, as you said, they like to do something, but they 're nervous and they 're afraid that what happens to my past otherwise do do so the first advice is, if you think you 're in denial and you don 't think you 're an entrepreneur, I ask you to do this from tomorrow morning. <laughs> When you make a decision, you want to go out in your car, go from home to work, or go for a walk. You make a choice to turn left or right.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: make a choice. Mm-hmm. Those choices have consequences. If you take a right, you're going to go by a park. If you go left, you're going to go. You may get into an accident. You may have a wonderful ride. Uh, you may go by the ocean. Everything that you do, so that you realize that you are actually in control. And you're taking, you're making a choice, you're changing, and you have control over that choice, and you're taking a risk. Now, the question is, how much risk? So, I use, in order to build your philosophy, I say there are three or four things that would then fall under this idea of actuating or activating your mindfulness. But the three or four things, and as I said, I use analogies, one is be a pilot decide what kind of pilot you are. First of all, let's realize that a pilot and a passenger both take the same amount of risk. Okay. You're on a flight, you take the same amount of risk as a passenger as the pilot does. Yeah. But you have delegated that risk for somebody else to manage. So, A commercial pilot gets on a plane at 7 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night and goes the same route across the globe and they have a checklist. Check this, check engine, check it. but they're still taking a risk. And you've delegated that risk to somebody else. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you may have a different set of challenges because you now have... You don't have enough fuel, you don't, money, your value proposition is not right. You've uh, you've got people shooting at you as competitors that are getting into the space. So you still have the same set of risks, but you've added certain other risks. Yeah, But it's still risk. It's the risk of people. This is the FAA, the Federal Aviation uh, Association or administration says there are a number of risks. The people, the terrain, all of those applies to us as well. So the first thing is, aim to be your kind of pilot, which is know when to delegate, when to sit up front, when to sit in the back. Being an entrepreneur doesn't mean I'm always up front. In life, we don't do that. In certain life situations, we actually are the pilot. We make decisions. My kid goes to this school, (laughs) we go to this place. We're the pilot. We're taking a risk doing it. It's the dimensions of the risk. So one is, I'll say, be be your kind of pilot. Another one is, I'll say, um, create your oceanness or be an ocean. An ocean is a provider,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is a connector, provides energy, creates energy through the different waves or tropical waves or yeah. regular waves or tsunamis. You have nobody, unless you make what you have, pay for it, buy it, and use it yourself, you need somebody else. So if you're an entrepreneur in life, you can't be in the top of the mountain and you have interactions. There's a give and take. That is your ocean. Now, that could be two people or it could be 10 million people. It's yeah. how you define it and you have complete choice as long as you realize that you are in an ecosystem. You have, you're in an ocean and build your oceanness. Yeah. The third is people say about execution that you have to fight through things, and you have to wrestle with things, I'll say you have to dance with
0: them. Oh, I love that one.
1: So I'll say be a dancer, because business and entrepreneurship is about timing, is about relevance. It's not all choreographed. It's not about fighting with something. It's about being able to dance with situations. And then be authentic with whatever you do. because. Your leadership, and I say leadership is the twin brother of entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. has an axiom of chases. You can be your kind of leader. How you deal with trust, how you trust yourself and trust others and how others would trust you. You mentioned something about situational awareness. It's You don't communicate with everybody the same way. You communicate it based on your personality, based on whose audience, based on the topic, yeah. All of those stuff. Having courage, courage to fail courage to. And you could define what those parameters are because you're not them. You're you. Yeah. You have to define it based on your parameters. And you may be an entrepreneur who is a practicing entrepreneur in business or a practicing entrepreneur like being a Mother Teresa who changes something for something better in a different area. You could be somebody who is at home Who is a homemaker, who is an entrepreneur like my mother, I say, who has some capabilities, God rest his soul, soul, who had some stuff, who would get some money, who would make some money and would manage your happiness as a family.
2: Yeah.
1: So depending on how you define yourself and then how you actuate your mindfulness, you mentioned being nervous and fearful. So I suggest that being nervous is good. Being nervous means that you are pushing against something that you've never done before. Yeah. Being nervous means you are passing a certain threshold of sameness. It's a good thing.
2: Yeah. It's
1: not a bad thing. And having failed is basically, you know, they say that the wounds of failure are the pathways of light and knowledge. That's how we learn. Now, if we don't learn, that's a mistake.
2: Yeah. And that's
1: a choice again. Yep. So we have a choice to learn from something or not to learn from something. We have a choice. I say don't leave change to chance. That's kind of one of my motto. Don't don't leave it to chance. And I say, Well, we didn't do anything to see what happens. I said doing nothing is by it's itself an action. <laughs> it's you choice. chose to do
0: nothing. Yeah, so true. And I think that I love those tips. So be a pilot, be the ocean, be a dancer. And be
1: authentic.
0: authentic. I love those four tremendously. And especially when you said, choose your own parameters. And, And it's something that I advocate myself. I usually share it in the form of make sure that you create your own user manual. So who are you? What's your personality? What are your talents? Know your own user manual so that whenever you get stuck, you can read your own user manual. Or whenever you start to collaborate with someone or connect with someone else, that you can tell them, okay, this is how it works with me. So know that if I respond in a different way, then this is the reason why that is the case.
1: Lumna life is not like an Ikea that go buy some a chester drawer and then have some sort of a guide that you would follow it and say, you know, put piece A against B B and then boom it's done. Yeah. Life is not about I mean how to's in business and in life are important. Reading is crucially important. I read all the time. I learned all the time, as I said, from my guru, who could be my um, friend's kids, five-year-old kids, or it could be a bumper sticker. It could be anybody. But it is not the how-to's of doing something comes after you have built your own philosophy. And your ability to evolve that philosophy always. So you mentioned in my introduction that I say you are the artist and you are the art. You are the sculpture, And... You are the sculptor. And your masterpiece, which is you, is never done. It's never perfect. You're always working on it, and you can decide how it looks. Sometimes a piece of it is broken. Sometimes a piece of it looks magical, and you're fascinated by it. But you have the brush, you have the clay, you have the chisel, you have the hammer, whatever you want to call it. You are building this all the time with your decisions, with your choices, and with who you're going to be.
0: I love that. So, Sid, as we wrap our conversation together up, I know that you have written a book. Tell us a little bit about your book and where our listeners can get that book.
2: Sure.
1: So, my my first book was uh, The Caterpillar's Edge, Evolve, Evolve Again, and Thrive in Business. That was mostly targeted for CEOs, big CEOs and stuff. And That kind of led me, and that's where, you know, some of the ideas of evolving and addictions and being stuck to sameness comes from. But recently, after a couple of years of writing and rewriting and editing and re-editing, I have written in the past couple of weeks or so that came out, the book called You Are Not Them. And You Are Not Them is the second part of it. The subtitle is The Authentic Entrepreneur's Way. Mm -hmm. It's about this building your entrepreneurial philosophy. And it goes from some of the topics that we talked about to the idea of mindfulness, our wonder loss, dealing with fear, dealing with... And what are the spectrum of choices that we have as we build our own entrepreneurship philosophy? It is pretty poetic, I may say. (laughs) So it opens up with a poem. And you could see anyone from Rumi to Plato to all of those mixed with business, which is kind of unique. I've gotten a lot of feedback and reviews from people that hey, come, we've never read this, <laughs> mixing philosophy and business. Yeah, and and it's filled with analogies, short stories of myself and others that I have come across over the years. It is available on Amazon. Okay, and folks can get both the I guess the electronic version that they can view on their devices or the actual print version. And uh, people ask me who the audience is generally. I did something unique, in my opinion. I shared pieces of the book as I was writing it with different people, about 50, 60 people. And they were anywhere from students to early stage entrepreneurs to CEOs of big companies to I don't know, uh, real estate brokers to chefs to you you name it. Yeah. There, was, there was lots of lots of people in there. And what I found interesting was the ones who have been CEOs for many years or entrepreneurs for many years said,
2: this is great.
1: It's, it's wonderful. It's thought-provoking. But I don't know if the early stage entrepreneurs would resonate with it or know what to do with it. And then when I talked to the people who are not entrepreneurs, And students and young people who say, oh, this is phenomenal, provoking, but I don't know if it would apply to people (laughs) who been an entrepreneur like that. So I say it is the audience are people who are ready to be provoked. They're ready to realize that they are an entrepreneur and ready to embrace this evolution and realize that they are the sculptor and they are the sculptor.
0: I love that. I'm definitely checking out your book, Sid. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure and honor to have you with us. And for those of you that are listening, thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneurship Club Podcast. As Good always be with you. Absolute pleasure. As always, we would love, 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 love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from the conversation with Sid. Do take a moment and share it with us in our Facebook group, The Entrepreneur Sushi Club. We love to hear your feedback and your insights and takeaways. You will find the link to our Facebook group in the description of this episode, including all of the links to connect with Sid so that you can get to know him a little bit more. And again, if you know anyone that will benefit from our conversation with Sid, please do share this episode and the podcast with them. We love connecting with other sushi-adoring entrepreneurs. For now, have fun, and we will see you on the next episode.